go. Podcast starting. There it is, the abrupt intro ending. Welcome. It's the John Cast Podcast. It's a special edition of the John Cast Podcast. Why, you ask? Well, because there was huge news in the NBA that I think we need to talk about. And this podcast is brought to you by Ian's Pizza. Check out Ian's Pizza with their locations in Madison and Milwaukee. Now, today's guest is part of the Milwaukee Bucks radio network. You can hear him as an in-game analyst with Dave Kane. You can also hear him on the pre- and post-game shows. He's got a podcast called Bucks Talk as well. And he joins Kelly Sheffield, Dennis Punzel, Mike Lucas, and Brian Posick as the only repeat guest on the John Cast podcast. Welcome, Justin Garcia. How's it going? Those are, uh, and just watching that intro too, you're like, why am I here? Look at all these names that you've gotten. Also, uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. I think you and I first met in 2002 when we were in the cross, mm-hmm. um, but we're probably close to like to the day, the 20 year anniversary of you and I doing a show together. Oh, wow. Is it wow, 20 years? It was 2003 that you guys finally let me on the air on the local <laughs> show. And it had to have been in like September. So like we're somewhere around it, man. I've got a box full of tapes from the local <laughs> show, cassette tapes. Like I think I have like two full. of them left. Yeah. Oh, I've, if you need some, I've got some. It's, Absolutely. It's, I got to hear how brutal I was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I I listened to a couple minutes once, like a couple of years ago. I was like, wow, this is crazy. They let the bunch of 20 year olds just take over a radio station. I was going to say, not only be on like we ran that thing. Yeah, the whole thing, all of it. That's crazy. Um, well, you know, obviously the big news in the world of the NBA and the Milwaukee Bucks, the team that you cover, happened yesterday. I was at a hotel room in Columbus, Ohio, waking up from a nap. <laughs> and I look at the phone. I'm like, wait, what? What's going on? Is this, wait, did this? And I have to like Google it. I'm like, wait, is this happening? Is Dame Lillard now a Milwaukee Buck? And yes, it's true. Dame Lillard is now a Milwaukee Buck in a huge trade. You know, I always see these rumors. You see them on Twitter where it's like, could the Bucks could get, you know, could the Bucks get this guy? Or is Golden State going to add so-and-so? Or is so-and-so headed to the Lakers? And, you know, I, I'm always like, oh, my God, this is just crap that people put out on the Internet, half of it, just to get clicks and, and get impressions. And so when I saw the Dame Lillard thing, I was like, okay, maybe. I don't know. That'd be amazing if it happened. And it actually happened, and I was shocked, and uh, I'm super excited for the Milwaukee Bucks over the next few years. What was your reaction when you heard about uh, Dame coming to Milwaukee? I wasn't shocked. I'd heard about it for a couple of days, and uh, no, I'm kidding. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, uh, I I had the same stuff where I, like we did it on Lockdown Bucks podcast like a month ago where – you know, more of those, well, the Bucks are kicking the tires on Dame. So I guess let's talk about this. And my whole stance then, and I wasn't the only one with this was, it makes sense. And I would love to have Dame, but like, there's no way this happens. The Bucks don't have the assets for it. So when I, I, I first learned of it by, uh, on my phone, I got a notification and it wasn't on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. It was, um, Mark Stein, I subscribed to his Substack, and in his discourse, there was a notification that popped up of like, in what world do the Bucks have the assets for Dame? And I was just looking at it like, well, that's kind of strange. Why are we even having this conversation? <laughs> and like 10 minutes later, my phone just starts blowing up and I see these tweets like, wait a minute, 
this actually happened and and looking at the the package my initial reaction was like there's no way this is the best package that the blazers could have gotten that it it feels like this is a spite move that this is just we're not dealing with miami i've heard some people pitch like well it's just small market teams looking out for small market teams i don't think it's that because joe cronin has to protect his job yet but i just thought like there's no way this is the best miami could have gotten a day removed from it the more that you've examined it i actually think it's a really good offer and a, a good package that the blazers get because i still own some deandre ayton stock uh, i know it hasn't been performing well the last two years but there is something there and he's better than Yusef Nurkic and you got rid of Nurkic's deal you own the Bucks draft capital for three years at the end of the decade you have their pick in 29 you have those two pick swaps in 28 and 30 and there's a very very good chance the Bucks are going to be a lottery team for that portion of of the decade where the Blazers have those picks and then you get Drew Holiday and I know we we said, well, Dame is better than Drew. And that was kind of one of the things that you would kick around. And also, well, why would the Blazers want Drew Holiday if they've, they've moved into rebuild? But now they can spin him. And you've already seen in the last, what, 12 hours, how much that's changed of teams that are back in now because we didn't think we had the assets to get Dame. We think we do to get Drew Holiday. And that puts the Blazers in a position to just be like, you know, the asking price for, for Drew Holiday, it's the same. It starts at what it was for Drew Holiday or for, for Damian Lillard. So line up your offers. So they're going to get assets from that, too, that when you examine all of it, it's actually a pretty good deal where the Bucks on paper, it doesn't seem like they gave up a lot, but they did mortgage their future. They had to do it. But the Blazers are betting on the Bucks being bad at the end of the decade. And I got to be honest, if if I'm looking at the two teams of Miami and, and Milwaukee, Tyler Hero is a fine player. He's not going to carry you the value that Drew Holiday would if you're going to flip him in a trade. And also, I'm going to bet on Bucks draft picks versus Miami because since Pat Riley arrived in what, 92, 93, um, 94, I think, 30 years basically that Pat Riley's been in Miami, they've missed the playoffs six times. And they've been a bottom 10 team three of those six times. It's a pretty stable organization. It's in Miami where players want to play. They're not going to have a hard time getting people. And I think you've seen that with that track record of success. And if you're, you're betting against one, the chances are probably better that the Bucks are going to really bottom out before the Heat would. Hmm. Um, and so now Lillard joins Giannis after all the dust settles. And this is a guy that you know what he scores 71 in a game the point is he's elite right and and his outside shooting is elite and i guess my question is in your opinion what did the bucks look like next year with Giannis and dame on the court at this with chris middleton hey don't forget about middleton i mean what what are they going don't to look like Brooke, too yeah don't forget um, about yeah that's a good point how, how do they look to you next season well it certainly seems <laughs> like if the Bucs don't have the best offense in the league by by way of offensive rating, they're going to be in the top three, probably, the way that this is, has shaped up, that um, Drew was a fine player, and, and Drew was obviously elite defensively. He can fit in almost any scenario where he's the tertiary scorer, and he's the guy that can give you 15 to, to 20 points a night if you need more. We saw that stretch last year where he was the player of the week, and, and he gave you that. 
But Damian Lillard is the perfect fit to play alongside Giannis. And, you know, I'd, I'd say the Bucs have never had a player like Damian Lillard, but like very few teams have ever had a player like Damian Lillard when his comp is he's just a shade worse than Steph Curry. Like that shows you the level he's at by um, all the advanced metrics. Damian Lillard, or most, I should say, that you would look at, uh, EPM's a big one. Damian Lillard was the number one offensive player in the league last year. And the fact that the Blazers had an offensive rating where it was, when you look at that roster, of a pretty poor roster or young guys that are still learning, but the constant was Damian Lillard that it all revolved around him. It shows you his value there as well, that how he can prop teams up. So now you fit him on a team with Giannis. And I, I think, you know, I'm obviously not the only one to make this point, but you automatically default to the pick and roll situations. When the Bucs won the title, the best part of their offense, which was bad, by the way, but the best part of their offense was Giannis setting the screen and being the role man. It was usually with Chris. Sometimes it was Drew. Uh, but they were good in that scenario. They're going to be un, like you're not going to be able to defend that in this scenario where Damian Lillard last year was the number one scorer in terms of ball handlers setting up a pick and roll. When you run a pick and roll, Damian Lillard's the guy that scores the most points in the league as a ball handler. Giannis scores what? I think it's 1.2 points per possession as the role man. So now you're going to tell defenses, pick your poison. Like we're going to run the pick and roll here. Are you going to stay and double team Damian Lillard and ignore Giannis rolling to the rim? Or are you going to get on Giannis and leave Dame open for the shot in Portland? Again, with that high offensive rating, the defenses just said, fine, we're just going to leave both those guys out there. We're going to double team Dame. And, and we don't care if Yusef Nurkic is rolling to the rim. We'll take our chances that he misses a layup. You can't do that with the bucks. And then even if you do have a capable defense with switch guys, you would look at in the past Boston, Miami and teams like that. Well, Giannis can roll, and we've seen how how deadly Giannis is not only as a scorer, but as a playmaker with the ball. And then you've got Chris Middleton sitting in the corner. That's going to be wide open. So that changes all of it. But to me, the even bigger part, too, is how you can stagger things that, you know, in the past, we usually saw Drew was the guy that would pull the short straw, and he would play with a lot of the reserves in the second quarter or third or early fourth quarter. Um, but now you can really structure this where you're going to have Giannis or Dame on the floor at all times, it would certainly seem like. And thinking about what what are the pairings going to be? Would you put Giannis and Chris on the bench? They can play together and they have that chemistry. And you leave Dame and Brooke because, you know, we talked about the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez was the Bucks' best role man last year. And when they did that pick and roll with he and Joe Ingles, that was some of their best offense. So now you can imagine what it's going to look like with Brooke and Damian Lillard. It just gives you a lot more offensively, and I, I said it a couple minutes ago, but you know this team won a title in 21 in spite of a pretty bad offense, that it was an elite defense, and they just did enough offensively. But really, the thing that stood out the most in, in Bud's tenure was he, he built and constructed an elite defense, but that offense just seemed to get progressively worse, especially in the playoffs year after year. Injuries were a part of it, but there wasn't a lot in the half court and Damian Lillard is going to solve most, if not all of that. You're getting me so excited for the Milwaukee Bucks because my initial thought was basically, you know, when I think about what did the Bucks look like next year and you broke it down. Great. My initial thought is uh, who, who are you going to stop? Like, are you going to try to stop Giannis? Well, guess what? You got Dame Lillard or Chris Middleton knocking down shots. You can try to stop Dame. 
what do you do when Giannis is going to tear you down, go to the rim and dunk? Like it, it provides so many options that the defense can't like, like you said, pick your poison. It basically comes down to that. So what is the window here? Because what, what is the contract like for Dame? I know down the road, he's do like 60 some million dollars. I guess that's just the NBA today, but it, it seems like a, is, is, is short term. Is it like a two year window because Giannis needs to sign some sort of extension perhaps down the road? What, what's the window here for Bucks fans? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I don't know if you were, uh, poking around in my DMS or text, but I was actually having this exact conversation with, uh, with someone this morning. I still think, and, and Dame's under contract for four years, so this would be through the uh, 26, 27 26, yeah, season. Okay. Yeah, so I, I still think your window, and I'm, I'm vamping here as I'm trying to pull up the cap sheet, but I think your window is still two years from now. Um, it certainly increases the chances that Giannis is going to sign some type of extension I still don't think this changes him signing this year. And I don't think he should. If you're Giannis, you still have to wait it out to see. We all think this is going to be seamless, but like, I got to make sure it is in fact going to be seamless and this works. So he should wait and, and see how this plays out and, and wait to sign any extension then. Um, but I do think at least for the interim, you still have to view this as a two-year window of that's when Chris and Brooks deals come up. I know Chris has a player option for the third, but this roster, when we left free agency in the summer, it was basically set to detonate in the offseason two years from now. Of Okay, that's where all the questions are on the horizon. And, and what do you do then? And Giannis will just be entering his 30s. Still, you would imagine going to be an effective player, but you're probably going to have to figure out a new supporting cast around him. Brooks already 35. Chris is already in his 30s. And now Dame is the same age almost to the day as Drew Holiday, that it's it's still an old group and you still got to figure that out down the road. So for that reason, I think it is still, at least for now, a two-year window. If this prompts Giannis to, to sign an extension, that changes things. And the, it, it changes things next year too, I should say, in the offseason because you know when this new CBA went into place, I think all of us thought, well, there goes guys taking cheaper deals to join contenders, but we've seen the opposite that this CBA has basically wiped out the middle class. And, you know, in the past you'd use your, your mid-level or your taxpayer mid-level. And now we're seeing more and more guys sign for the minimum. I mean, the bucks got it with Malik Beasley. You would look at the Suns and you'd think, how did Eric Gordon end up somewhere in the minimum? We're seeing more of that this off season that I think the league didn't anticipate players were going to be willing to say, I'll take the vet minimum. And then next year you'll have my bird rights and I'll cash in next year. Kind of like the bucks did with Bobby Portis. Um, but we've seen a lot of that in this first off season of the new CBA. And the point is you got Giannis and Damian Lillard on the same team. That might be the most fun team in the league to watch and to play on your now where it was Phoenix in the off season this past year. You're now that team that theoretically Guys are looking at and saying, I'll take the vet minimum to play with those two guys. Uh, this is so exciting. This is so exciting as as a, a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, <clears throat> Giannis made headlines recently by basically, you know, saying that he would be open to leaving Milwaukee if everybody wasn't all in. Now, I assume he says this behind the scenes. This isn't the first time, like, all of a sudden he's like, I have this idea. I'm going to tell the media first. So, obviously, 
the Bucks knew of that and knew of his fire and desire and all those things. But I just wanted to play in case you didn't remember what Giannis had to say. Here are the comments. Uh, what is this? The 48 minutes podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here, let me share this and we can all take a listen to what Giannis had to say earlier. Um, just not too long ago. As we play and we approach the game every single day the right way and we all sacrifice for a common goal. I can see myself being in Milwaukee Bucks for the rest of my career. But the moment I feel like people are not committed as a, as, as I am to get that uh, golden pin in the back, I, I, I am not. You know, I am I'm a Milwaukee Buck. But most importantly, I'm a winner. I want to win. And uh, I have to do whatever. Okay. Well, I just decided to. It's just so I had to do whatever it like. takes. Yeah, but anyway, the point is, yeah. And, and so when I heard that, um, you know, I didn't take it as Giannis trying to be malicious and saying, you do something or I'm out. But it was surprising to me, Justin, because it, it was surprising in the sense that he opened the door to not be a Milwaukee Buck anymore. And that's something that I hadn't heard from him in years past where he's like Milwaukee forever, basically. And so how much do you think those comments created a sense of urgency to get something done so he it wasn't to this level that to your point this is the most we've heard him not say i'm leaving milwaukee but at least not shut that door um he made some comments what three years ago when we were leading up to the first will he or won't we extension but not to this extent um but i Look, it's not like that blindsided John Horst and the ownership group and the front office of like, holy cow, is he serious? He might leave. I guess we should go do something. Um, to me, I took that as what we just kind of talked about of I feel good with this group. And, you know, he, he pointed out in that same interview that Drew's the best teammate he's ever had. We've heard him have nothing but glowing remarks for Brooke Lopez. And I think that even increased the year that Brooke basically missed two thirds of it when Giannis had to shoulder a lot of that load as the center and the guy that was kind of doing the dirty work. Um, and, and that bond that he has with Chris obviously is, is one that's special too, is the two guys that have kind of been here from the ground floor. So I took that as I feel good about this group and I know we're a title contender right now, but if I'm going to sign you got to have a plan B and we got to know like, what are we doing in two years when Brooks going to be a 37 year old free agent that you would assume is probably not going to be in a Bucks uniform, may not be in the league. Chris is going to be facing a player option and he's going to be at that age that Brooke is at now. And, and Drew's going to be in the same boat as well. So we can't just run it back again in two years. You got to have a plan B and I'm not going to just sit back and say, well, we tried. I guess I'll be here for the rebuild and maybe in two or three years we can do this again. You need to already be thinking of that. And, and I need to see we're going to pivot into phase two. That's what I took it as. And I think it just lined up perfectly for John Horst. We've seen more kind of come out that, oh, what, a month ago or so is, is when they had these initial talks. And then Portland in the last week basically made it be known this isn't working with Miami. So, Here's two teams Dane would like to go to besides the Miami Heats, Bucks and Brooklyn Nets. What do you guys got? And a credit to John Horse to swoop in and make a tough call because you know, we spent a lot of time talking about how great it's going to be to have Damian Lillard, and it is. I am very pleased that 
almost unanimous. The reaction among Bucks fans and everybody else has been, I'm so excited for Damian Lillard. This is going to be great. I'm super bummed that it means we had to give up Drew Holiday and he's not going to be a part of this. And people recognizing just how instrumental Drew Holiday was in that title, number one, and helping change the way that this team played and obviously pushing them to the next level defensively as well. I mean, he made some of the more iconic plays in Bucks playoff history. When you think about that strip on Devin Booker and the lob to Giannis, I know they lost the series, but if we go back to game five against the Celtics, everything he did in those final 15 seconds where you were just thinking, holy cow, I can't believe this team is going to beat the Celtics with just Drew Holiday and Giannis. He made some special plays, and he was a big part of this Bucks community. So I'm glad that he's getting recognized for that on the way out. And now I think most Bucks fans hold the same feeling. I hope he ends up with the Clippers or somebody on the West Coast and, and can be closer to home and just play in the other conference. I don't want to have to go against Drew Holiday with the Sixers or the Heat or the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of bummed that you had to get rid of Holiday, you know, as a fan, but because of all the things you talked about. Well, and-, and the interesting thing, not to cut you off, was I think it was Woj that had pointed out too, you know, when when this was first brought up of we're moving on from the Heat. You are the two teams he would also like to go to and, and let's work on something that John Horst did everything in his power to see how can we pull something together that doesn't involve <laughs> Drew Holiday and, and just ultimately face the realization of there's there's no way we can do it. I've seen some people point out like, oh, why would you trade Chris? That Number one, again, I think we still continually undervalue everything that Chris Middleton has brought to this team. But the Bucs couldn't trade Chris or Brooke Lopez until December 15th, I think, because they just signed in the offseason. So when you looked at the roster structure, this was all you could really do was Drew had to be included to match that salary. Yeah. Uh, And it seems like new head coach Adrian Griffin has himself a a nice spot to be in as a first. Like, that's got to be insane. Like, hey, I'm going to become a head coach for the first time. And now I've got like an all-star super team. I mean, there's there, there can't be any excuses from, you know, from the coaching perspective, like there, there's no, he has to jump in and, and win, like win everything. <laughs> yeah. The, like the last time we saw this was uh, Brooklyn with Steve Nash. Now, granted, Steve Nash came right into coaching. There's no, I know he was in the warriors working with them as like a consultant um, and working a lot with KD, but Steve Nash wasn't an assistant coach, wasn't cutting his teeth in that sense. Mm-hmm. So it's not a great comp. Ime Odoka, in terms of their coaching profile and their background, is a pretty good comp, both role players in the league and, and both with extensive um, track records as an assistant coach for multiple coaches. But the 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 assembly here of Giannis and Dame is obviously greater than Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but that's probably the closest. And look, we saw what it did for the Celtics that Ime Odoka proved to be a very good coach. I think this also kind of alleviates some pressure from Adrian Griffin because the focus is on Damian Lillard and Giannis now. And, and I mean, I've got to assume this team is going to be a pretty good regular season team. Whereas, you know, if you don't make this trade, and you come in with the same group, I still think they're one of the best, if not the best team in the Eastern Conference. But you have the cloud of the offseason and, and what Giannis said kind of hanging over you that, that may put some pressure on your teammates. 
if you get off to a slow start, then the questions become, well, what does this mean for Giannis or who's going to get traded or was Adrian Griffin the right guy to hire? Now all that's gone. And it's just, well, I got these two guys that, that we know are pretty good and the, the focus and the pressure isn't going to be on me so much. And, you know, also the fact that uh, Damian Lillard is now reunited with a guy that coached him for nine years in Portland in, in Terry Stotts, the longtime Bucks assistant and longtime Blazers head coach. That is going to be the man basically running your offense. And now you just get to tell him on the eve of training camp, essentially, like, hey, Terry, everything you worked on, throw it out and just bring back that playbook that you had in Portland. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a, that's another great point. I'm super excited. Like, I, once again, I heard that news and I was like, this is this is real life. Damian Lillard is because, you know, following this team for several years, if I had told you a decade ago, heck eight years ago something that, like that this is a reality or a possibility it would have been weird like no, i don't think so but i'm super excited and it's it was shocking news to me and i am super excited for the start of the season justin garcia anything else you'd like to add as we wrap up the john cast uh no i don't think so we got media day on monday i'm sure i'll uh, see you there <clears throat> and we can catch up there yeah i'll be there um i'm gonna be I'm going to be very curious to see. Uh, I was going to reach out to to the very few actual national contacts I have to see. Like, you going to be in Milwaukee for media day? Like, now all of a sudden you're the team that I'm curious to see. Who are the national guys that are showing up to Milwaukee on Monday for media day to to I would assume get our first glimpse of Damian Lillard in a Bucks uniform and uh, and training camp starts uh, Tuesday, so just a couple of days from now. And before you know, preseason's here a week from Sunday. Wow. It's so it's happened so quickly every year. Justin Garcia, thank you so much for the time today. Anytime, my man. All right, cool. There you go. It's JG, Justin Garcia of the Milwaukee Bucks Radio Network talking about the big news. Damian Lillard coming to Milwaukee. All right. Thanks for listening to the John Cast Podcast. Once again, reminder, follow, subscribe, whatever you got to do, download, whatever you got to do so you don't miss a new episode on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Go do it right now. And sign up for my newsletter, johncastpodcast.com. I'll tell you when I do cool things with the podcast. All right. Thanks for listening to this edition of the John Cast Podcast. Goodbye.